1: Feliz Año Familia, Happy New Year. I don't know how much longer we can keep saying that, but I'ma keep saying it. This is your girl, Odalis Jasmine, and y'all are tuning in to Hello Latino. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Noesi. She's a fellow LinkedIn creator and the CEO and founder of MaxUp, a career coaching firm. Now, let me tell you a little about Stephanie because she's out here doing the thing. She's interned at top accounting firms, tech companies, and is now a financial analyst at Google. Stephanie has helped over 5,000 students and professionals from all over the world with her company, MaxUp, where she provides career coaching and professional development strategies to help them land their dream careers. She was chosen as a 2019 Forbes Under 30 Scholar and is now a Next Gen 30 Under 30 for the Hispanic Executive Magazine. O sea, casi nada, ¿verdad? This mujeron is about to inspire
0: y'all in this episode, so let's get into it. I think you interview my friend, uh, Noel. So I think I've seen some of your content.
1: Yeah, Noel Claudio.
0: Yes, yes. We've been friends for for a while, for years now.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. He's one of like the coolest, most vulnerable people I've ever met. So I love that I'm interviewing his friend. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Right? Okay, well, I am so... Like first of all, let me tell you, Stephanie. I've been looking at your content and looking at just who you are, and I am so, I'm just so inspired by you. Like you are just a Latina badass, and I'm just so. (laughs) You're like yes, and I (laughs) am so like just honored to have to have you in this space. And as a creator myself, like appreciate so much of what you're creating, and just happy that you're here. So welcome to Hello Latino.
0: Thank you so much. Really excited to be talking to your community, La Comunidad, like we, we like to say, and hopefully people are able to relate to my story.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get into your story. So the first question I'd love to start with is how do you identify and why? Because as you know, the Latino community is so diverse. We're all so different. We come from different places. So I think it's a beautiful question to start off with. So Stephanie, how do you
0: identify and why? Absolutely. So I am a 1st year Latina. I am also a Gen Z. And I love to say that um, my background is part of who I am, and I'm proud of that. So this is just adding up to my identity, to everyone who ever felt like they needed to hide who they were because they were not going to be accepted. I'm here to tell you that you will. So be proud of who you are, and I am proud of who I am. And proud of, you know, be talking with you and and, and everyone in the community. First young Latina, Gen Z in the U.S.
1: Hey, so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I recently started owning the fact that I'm a Zillennial. I just found that out. I didn't know that there was a, porque ya sabe que hay un cutoff, right? With the Millennial and Gen Z. And I'm I'm the cusp. So I'm like, oh, there's a Zelenio. I didn't know that was even a term. And then I heard a bunch of my friends talking about it. And I was like, okay, Zelenio it is. (laughs) So aquí estamos, young, badass Latinas. I want to talk about your story a little bit. So let's, let's go back a little bit about the immigration story, whether it's your immigration story, your parents, your grandparents. The reason I like starting here is because I think so much of who we are as a first-generation community. Oh, your nails are popping, by the way.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I had to.
1: <laughs> I had to. I think so much of our story is rooted in our our immigration, right? Because that's where our story kind of starts in the U.S. Our experience starts in the U.S. So talk to me a little bit about where that immigration story starts and,
0: and walk me through it a little. Absolutely. So for all the audience out there, I was... Born and raised in the Dominican Republic. I did most of my education in the Dominican Republic. I'm Dominican. Uh, My parents are Dominican. And uh, growing up in another country and in another culture was something that coming in here, I didn't know was strange to so many people. and, And it actually is. So I remember that my dad lived in the U.S. for about 30 years. And then I lived with my mom and my siblings back in the DR. And as many immigrants out there, we have a, a pretty similar story where right after I finished high school, my mom knocked on my door and she told me we're going to the States. And I looked at her and I said, mom, what do you mean? What, what's the States? What, what are you talking about? And then she said, we're going to the U.S. I want you to get more opportunities. I want you to get the opportunities that I didn't get because Unfortunately, well, my mom had a pretty rough childhood and, and, and upbringings, right? And, and she didn't want me to go through the same things. And so she was willing to make those sacrifices so that I could be the person in my family to break generational curses, right? And we, and I know that's a topic that's super important for many Latinos out there. Like, how do we break generational curses? How do we stop, um, from like what our previous generations went through and instead sort of bring like this new, idea of like this new environment for the upcoming generation. And so after my mom did that and made all those sacrifices to come to the U.S., I remember she would wake up at 3 a.m. here in the U.S. just so that we, me and and, and my dad and everyone in the household would have the opportunity to go to college, to learn English, to do all these things that she couldn't do when, when, when she was in the Dominican Republic. And for that, I'm grateful. Because if it would have been because of my of my parents, because of my grandparents, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think I have a similar story to all of those people who grew up in a Hispanic household, especially in another country, where it's like my grandparents sort of sort of raised me, right? I remember my mom would go to work and then I would stay at my grandparents' house for most of the day. And I would see my grandparents more so that I that I would see my mom. And so I think like this is very similar to like what a lot of people face. And so Having that background sort of helped me build up that, I guess, those values that, that I was able to bring here in the country. And, and I keep up to this day and I will keep, you know, teaching my kids when I have them in the future and, and, and hopefully bring those values to the future generation.
1: Yeah. Oh, Thank you for sharing that with us. I want to talk a little bit more about you, your mom saying, vamos para los Estados Unidos, right? Like, what did that? What did what did it look like after? Did you come to the U.S.? Was it easy transition for you? Were you confused? Were like how? Walk us through that first few experiences in the U.S. Yeah, see you I see <laughs> smiling.
0: It's it's. I'm smiling now because I. It's it was a really, really rough time for me. For all of you that are listening, I was 16 years old when my mom told me this, and this was in 2015. So imagine a 16-year-old teenager who has not yet figured out what she wanted to do in her life. And then she was told she had to move to a new country, learn a new economy, learn a new language, live her friends, and literally become an adult while being 16. So that was me. Back then. I remember I had to sort of grow up in one day. It was literally that shift of mindset where it's one day I'm a 16-year-old teenager running in the streets in the yard. And then the next day, I'm suddenly an adult in the U.S. figuring out how to apply for college and doing all these things. And so the, I guess like the, the, the challenges that I faced were more so because my parents didn't go to college and they didn't speak English either. And so it was that scene where they couldn't help me apply for college. They couldn't help me figure out how to apply for college. I had to figure it out on my own. And aside from that, I'm the only one in my family who speaks English. I mean, I want to emphasize that for a second. I mean, just imagine the amount of responsibility that I hold by being the only person in my family who speaks English. And I had to carry with that responsibility on my shoulders as a 16-year-old teenager, right? And that's something that I, I, I like to say that I became an adult when I was a teenager. And so ever since I can remember, I was when I was in college, I had to work two jobs. I was learning English still while being in college. I remember getting rejected from college the first time I applied, and then having to go back to my mom with the rejection letter as a sixteen-year-old. You know, mom, me rechazaron. I was heartbroken. I was devastated, and so I had to pick myself up and sort of go back to the to to the hustle and and go back again and apply the year after. And, and then getting to college and then learn English. And there's so much to unpack that I, I'm oh. trying that's why I was smiling at the beginning, because there's so much to unpack here that I'm just like, wow, so much.
1: <laughs> so much. And, you know, I think what's important that you just said is that you had to pick yourself back up. Because I think what makes the first generation experience a first generation experience is that your parents, our families, you being the only one who doesn't, who knows English, that does come with a responsibility, but that also can feel very lonely because you don't have family around to help you. It's not because they don't want to, it's because they can't. They don't know these systems. They don't know these, like, they don't know why they rejected you because you're amazing. You know, like I remember I got rejected too. And my mom was like, how? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and not really being able to explain that to them because they just don't understand the world and reality that we're living. Like, that's hard. So I just want to, one, empathize with you because I-, I can't imagine your experience being the only one in your family, knowing the language. But more than that, picking yourself back up at 16, 17, while moving to a different country, like, girl, that's a lot to unpack. And I just want to give you grace. Like, that's increíble, increíble that you did that. And I think that's a very common immigrant story, too. And so thank you for sharing that piece with us. How much of what your experience was with those early, you know, getting rejected, being the only one? I'm sure you were signing documents, too, in English because your parents couldn't. Taking calls in English, I I get all of that. How much of that experience is, is part of who you are now? Like, how much of that experience is rooted in what you do now?
0: I think that that experience helped me transform into the person that I am today. I looking back at like the 16, 17 year old Stephanie, I can tell you that I'm not sure I would be who I am today if I wouldn't have gone through that experience. Right. And I'm talking about everything from, from my personal experiences to the professional I am and everything. It's all because of that foundation that was built. And I like to say that my success is built upon resilience. So here's, here's what I mean by that. Right. It's, it's one of those things where it's like I got rejected so much. I got thrown so many like challenges in my face that it got to a point where I was like, what's next? Right. I was, I was, I was in that position where I was saying, what's next? Come, I'm ready. Right. It was, it was that mindset that so many things happened to me while still figuring out what I wanted to do with my life that I, I feel like that's what sort of helped me build that foundation to sort of become the person that I am today and I want to emphasize this because a lot of people sort of go through a lot of these experiences and they feel afraid to share their stories right they feel afraid to say I am who I am because I went through this this and this and I want to tell those people that your experience is valuable and I can promise you There's at least one person out there in this world that needs to listen to that. There's at least one person that will relate to your story. And I feel like the experiences that I went through are experiences that someone else might be going through the same thing. And that's why I actually started my own business, because I knew there were so many people who were facing similar struggles. And I was like, there is a gap here and no one is addressing that gap. So let me do it myself. Yeah.
1: Speaking of, I want to hear a little bit more about all the things that you're building and your business as well. And also plus a thousand to what you just said about stories, because this is why I created this platform too to talk about these experiences, because it feels very lonely to be the only one going through this experience and not having anyone to lean on. But knowing like for the folks listening, like you can reach out to Stephanie, you can follow her content and you can feel more and more like you're not alone through her story. And I think story is the way, vulnerable storytelling, right? That's the way that we can connect with humans and connect on that first before talking about, oh, Stephanie's una gran mujeron, que está haciendo esto y el otro, right? Because that's true too. But let's connect to the human side first. Yes. Yeah. So now, so now you you know, you're going through these experiences, you're seeing the gap. Talk about what the gap is and what
0: your business is and what it's kind of turned into. Absolutely. And before I tell you that, I was the one student that would not know how to write a resume or a cover letter or how to interview. I mean, I remember speaking with my my college classmates when I was in college and they were saying, I got an internship at this bank, at this company, in that company. And I kept looking at them like, let's go back. What is an internship again? (laughs) <laughs> so in my country, right, right. there's no <laughs> such thing as an internship. So I was like, hold on a minute. Like, what are we even talking about here? So I had to learn what an internship was and about the fact that majority of the people like graduate from college have had at least one internship experience. And I didn't even know had to do that. So I had to learn how to write a resume myself, how to write a cover letter, how to wear professional attire, I mean, how do we even show up to an interview and speak with professionals at networking events when I was still learning English and I was afraid to even like speak up because of my pronunciation and accent. So while trying to figure all of that out, I started thinking about, wait a minute, I'm not the only one facing this. I can't be the only one, right? And so I started thinking of all those, you know, first gens, people who come from immigrant backgrounds that might be facing the same thing that I was facing. And that's what I realized. Like, there is a gap because these people are not getting the guidance, right? These people don't have the mentors. They don't have the resources. They don't have the information, no one to lean on. As you were saying, the loneliness, but also the lack of resources and right guidance to to get these opportunities. And so I saw that gap and I wanted to jump on that. And going into my business, I was sitting down in my bathroom. I was listening to a podcast, by the way. I love listening to podcasts, so love this. So I was listening to this podcast and this guy was saying, maximizing, maximizing. And I was like, wait a minute. I want to level up people's skills, right? And that sort of started thinking around my head. I said, we, I want to maximize people's potentials. And that's how Max Up came to life. And that's what it stands for, maximize your potential. And so... I created my company when I was 19. I became a CEO when I was 19. And that's not something that it's very common, at least in the US, but in my, in my country, in our Hispanic households, we are entrepreneurs ever since we we're like eight years old. We we're on the street selling things. We're Wait, like creating <laughs> this amazing business, right? Then I was like, <laughs> I need to do this. I cannot let. This, I guess, society stick mouth, like I'm too young to have my own business or I'm in college. Why, why would people believe me? Right. So I left it aside and set up my business when I was 19 and I started literally growing from there in helping college students, early career grads, professionals, everyone who wanted to land their dream jobs or also learn like how to have the right confidence, how to leave behind you know, those stereotypes and those, those, that mindset of I'm not good enough or this professional will like not believe in what I have to say because my accent is too so strong. So breaking all those limited beliefs, and that's what I like to call it. And then growing into people's growth mindset was what I literally focus on. And that's how I made my business a reality.
1: Has it been, and I ask this because this is what I feel with the podcast. Has it been almost a uh like a healing experience for you because I feel like for my podcast like it's almost healing for me to to sit and have these conversations and it almost helps me to help others and it's this like almost mutual exchange of energy and knowledge and access and resources and you know etc do you feel that with your business do you feel like it's like I don't know you're helping people but it also helps you in a weird way it's like a healing journey for you too do you feel that
0: I feel that every single day. Sometimes I get messages from people and they're like, hey, Stephanie, like, you changed my life. Or hey, Stephanie, like, I'll tell you a story. And I don't want to cry because this is really emotional. But last week I flew to Arizona and I was, I was giving a keynote speech and I was telling my immigrant story. And I was the youngest keynote speaker I was one of the only Latinas in that conference. Mind you, this is the biggest and most important, like, organization for accountants in the US, literally, like, top, like, out there type of organization. And the fact that I was the closing keynote speaker, like, the speaker, I was, I was like, I can't believe this. And, and, and uh, for me, the reward of being there was that when I, I when I, when I finished my closing keynote, people literally line up to speak to me, to take photos with me. And there were three girls, three, three, three young women that, that were crying when they came to me. Their parents are Mexican. Some of them were Latinos. And they were telling me like, you have no idea how much we wanted to see a Latina standing there. You have no idea how much of empowerment it feels like to see someone who's 23 when we're 21 and that gave give us like hope that we can do it too in two to three years from now and they were literally crying and it was one of those things where it's like man we don't know the impact we can have on people until we hear these stories and and i can say i can say the same thing for you like with this podcast like you might not know, but this can impact so many people, right? People can probably listen to your podcast and start crying, thinking about like, the experiences that they've thought. Like You're healing people as you're healing yourself, right? And I feel the same way about what I'm doing because it's like, I mean, these people need to hear this. They need yeah. us. Yeah. because it's really lonely out there and and they need to see people like us too on those on those stages like we need more representation we need a more badass latinas as you were saying on those on those lineup events like we need to increase representation right and so the fact that we're able to do that and like people are there and people are watching and they will always be watching so i wanted to share this because it's so emotional for me now that i i've not shared this with anyone, like not even on LinkedIn. This is something that I've kept to myself. And I'm probably gonna make a post about it eventually. But I wanted to say it here because I felt like this is the meaning of what we're doing. And yes, i have healing literally every day.
1: Yeah. And I think it's partly what you just said. You did a keynote and then you got all these people lining up. But that's the power of your story too, Stephanie. And that's the power that all of our stories carry. But how often do we have spaces for us to tell our story? How often do we get asked, tell me your story? How often do people want to listen or create space for our stories? And, you know, I got tired of not having space for it. And I'm like, yeah, tú sabes? Like, I'm going to create it myself, you know, because no one's creating it for us. And you sharing your story and tapping into that vulnerability. Just keep doing it, girl, because you have a powerful story, as so many people do. And I want to create a chain reaction of folks feeling like they can also share their story and they can also be. Stephanie on stage one day and giving a keynote, you know? I'll also say the healing part, at least and for me, and it's probably similar to what you're saying, it's almost healing because it feels like I'm doing it for my younger self too. My younger self who didn't feel like she had anyone around, she didn't feel like she had a community, she didn't really feel like es el otro, but it's almost like you're doing it for your inner child or like your, your younger self too. And that's like powerful, you know? It's like 21-year-old Stephanie saying, gracias, it's like thank you for doing that, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> you know, I always like literally put that on my post on LinkedIn, like the little Steph is jumping or the little Steph will be proud of me because there's literally like, there's, like this little girl inside of me that unfortunately could not like grow up as like a regular, you know, teenager would like, like my mom always tell me like, Stephanie, you never had a childhood. You never had like a teenage life because you were always way too far ahead for that. Like you, you, you were not given the chance to because when you were wanting to develop a teenage life, you had to be an adult and take on responsibilities. And you know, that's things that we face every day. And so I'm, I'm giving grace to my, to my younger self saying, hey, it's okay it was worth it. And, you know, we, mo- we go through experiences that at the end of the day, e- either we're forced to or we just happen to go through those experiences. And now I just got to live through it, you know. That part, that part. How
1: were you always comfortable sharing your story? Or when did that happen for you when you were like, you know what, this is who I am. This is where I come from. Like, I'm going to own it 100%. Like, when was that moment?
0: Yeah, I think it happened when I started my business in 2019 because I felt like I was more supposed to to like speaking to people. Like I was invited to go to universities and like to do podcasts and things like that. I think like the first time I ever really fully shared my experience was on LinkedIn. And then I went to a podcast and sort of expanded on it. But before that, I was really uncomfortable sharing where I came from, the fact that I had a really, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of that, but I had a really strong accent. I mean, I was learning English. It was really hard for me to formulate like long conversations. I had to stop and rethink and think in Spanish and then translate to English and, you know, that whole process. And so for me, it was a part of like, I'm not able to formulate long enough, you know, answers for me to tell my story, number one. And then number two, it was like that insecurity, That like that fear inside of me that people were going to josh me instead of relate to my story. And I don't know if anyone in the audience ever felt that way. But sometimes when you know, when you tell your story, especially when you're vulnerable, people think that you're making yourself a victim, that you're just victimizing yourself. Right. And I feel like this not like we're not even looking for attention. We're not looking for you know, for, for you to feel empathy or, or feel like we're victims. We're just looking to tell us stories because we feel like there's people out there who need to hear it. And and I wanted to put that out there because for everyone who ever felt like, you know, I, I have people who come to me and say, I want to share, you know, this on, on social media or Instagram or whatever, but I feel like my friends are going to start thinking that I'm victimizing myself. Your story is not a victim. Like you are the owner of that story. You're the owner of that journey. And so you're just sharing your journey as you went through it and so getting to that mindset though was not easy and I think that's something that I'm still dealing with every day I think I don't even think that's something we just suddenly overcome I think we just something that you just keep building upon every single day and you know have to like sort of get one percent better on it every day but it was definitely hard at the beginning to just be vulnerable overall.
1: Yeah. And you know, I I can empathize with that because I hated telling my story because I'm like, I don't want to be another pity story. I don't want to talk about being a Latina growing up in the hood. Like it's so, eh, so like it happens all the time. I'm not the only one. And it, what that was doing to me though, was like telling myself I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to tell my story. I'm not worthy. It happens all the time. I'm not worthy. And I kept telling myself that narrative and realized I lost myself so much trying to be something else that I wasn't instead of just owning who I was. And I think there is power in owning your story. And since you're going through the journey and we're, girl, I feel it, we're still overcoming it all the time. How do you, for the folks that are listening that are wanting to tell more of their story, how do you kind of overcome it on a daily basis? Or how do you move through those feelings and those emotions of telling your story?
0: Man, I think this is one of those one million (laughs) dollar (laughs) questions. Because... I feel like, you know, there are days, I think we all go to the same thing. Where there's, There are days where I just wake up and I'm not feeling it, right? There are days where it's just like, nah, I I don't think I'll do it. Like, I, you know, there are days where I have to like literally reschedule calls to, you know, because I know that I would not be my 100% because I'm not feeling it that day. And let me tell you something. It's really hard when you're dealing with those emotions and you work in corporate because again, in corporate, you just have to show up every day. And it's just right. one of those things where you just have to like hide those emotions. And that's a whole another topic that I'm not even gonna <laughs> get into. But in terms of like me and my emotions, like I want everyone to give themselves grace that it's okay if you need to like reschedule something that can't be rescheduled for another day. If that If you're in one of those days where you just need time for yourself and that's okay. Like you are allowed to do that. And so I have given myself grace And I have given myself the chance to like say, Today I won't be doing this. Instead, I'm gonna do this for myself. Like, girls, sometimes I'd be shopping online to give myself like that like feeling of like I'm feeling happy because I've worked so hard and I don't spend money on myself as often. Let me do something for myself.
1: Yeah. And then
0: this is and then it comes down to this question: when was the last time you did something for yourself? It's a really deep question, right? And then people start, if you start thinking about it, you're probably going to say maybe like three weeks ago, right? And so I feel like we should start blocking those calendars and putting time to say, I'm doing something for myself. Whether that is being a podcast, whether that is going on shopping, whatever it is that, you know, that helps you heal and helps you like relieve those emotions, do it. I go to the gym. I just have a whole system. Wherever I feel like, and, and it seems weird, it sounds weird, but it's a system of I relieve, releasing my emotions in different ways. Because one thing that, that I will add lastly is that a lot of the times we release our emotions and instead of leaning that onto other people, and sometimes it's not the best idea because we shouldn't, we shouldn't just release all of our emotions onto like one, two, three people I think we should find other ways in which we're just releasing those emotions so that other people wouldn't have to sort of sort of quote unquote carry with our emotions because they already have their own, right? And so it's okay to talk to other people and and sort of like, you know, tell them how you feel, but do not just release everything you feel uh, to like that one specific like, like tunnel, right? Like find other tunnels to release those emotions. Stephanie just gave us some relationship advice
1: too, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And that's part of self regulation. I think that's something people don't talk about very often is self regulation, emotional regulation of finding these different avenues that regulate yourself, your emotions, because, girl, I'm a feeler, I feel heavy, like if I'm sad one day, I'm like sad. If I'm like stressed, I'm stressed. Like I'm extreme emotions as you soy, maybe because I'm Latina, but I have to find avenues for myself. I journal all the time. I go to the gym all the time. And those are my ways to self-regulate because girl, I can just go in these fields for a long, long time. And what I typically do because this, I learned this from my family is to hold those emotions in and just like keep bottling it. Like almost like it was building up. And then there was points in my life where, thank God, we've grown up. (laughs) There was parts of my life where you just kind of blow up, you know, a little bit. And I've learned that it's just not a way to heal. It's not the way to move through emotions. And I think we're all still learning because life happens and we go through different emotions. But what you just said is such a powerful tool for anyone, despite where they are in life, to learn, like, self-regulation and emotional regulation and finding different ways to do that so stephanie noesi uh mic drop <laughs> i want to i want to ask you one last question before we go into our brindis but i want to go back to your story you're going to college applying for colleges estás, you know getting rechazos here and there tell, tell us about the moment when you i want to know so much i'm like how do i phrase this question I want to know about that moment in your life where you started getting the rejections, how you picked yourself back up. And I want to also know about the beginning stages of your business and what it's turned into in
0: 2022. Absolutely. So answering your first question, when I was getting all those rejections, I remember that I was at a point where I felt like I was at my lowest emotionally, physically, everywhere. I remember that I gained about a hundred pounds during wow. th- those years and um, update. I lost those a hundred pounds this year. So hmm? good job. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> Love <it> to see <laughs> it. Yes. But, um, the way that I want to say I picked myself up, this is going to sound a little brutal, but. Every time I would tell my mom that I was feeling bad, she would be like, "Girl, come on, pick yourself up. What what are you doing?" Type in in, in our in but our. She day, right? you, but she was, but she was reminding you. But she was reminding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was reminding me, like, "Hey, you're powerful. Like, hey, like you know." And indirectly, that worked because every time I would feel like super down that I would to give up, that I didn't want to continue in this road, I would remember the sacrifices that my mom made. Like, my mom literally left where she lived for her entire life, to come to a new country where people don't understand her and she doesn't understand them. And she will wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning to go to work and come back home like 12, 13, 14 hours later, and she never complained about it. And so if my mom did all of that, why couldn't I do it? If she did all of that for me, why couldn't I do a little bit to sort of support what she was already building? Right. And that sort of helped me pick myself up, give myself some grace. But at the same time, sort of like, you know, how you say like, recorte, like, come on. Yeah. right? Like, yeah, you, you got this. And, 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 and that's what sort of helped me pick myself up after those rejections. And then this is the source Of your motivations is going back to your why. So all of us have a why. Lean on your why and the reason why you're doing this in the first place. And that's going to help you pick yourself up. And then answering your question about my business. So at the beginning, it was just me. And I was doing the social media. I was doing the marketing. I was doing the website. I was doing doing it all. Like Latinas that we are, we we learn. I I was doing it all. And I remember that I was, I it, I created my business right before the pandemic happened. So pandemic happened like six months after I built my business. So, you know, you can imagine like people would think or the audience might think like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, your, your business probably went down. Like what happened? But in the opposite side, my business grew after the pandemic exponentially. Why? Because... A lot of people either got their job offers in there or needed guidance to get a job or things like that. And so we started seeing this this trend of growing, pe- like a lot of people, just a lot of people needing the, the, what I was offering. And so my business started growing to the point where say, now I have like over 200,000 followers across all social media. Like my business has over like twenty five thousand followers across social media. And like, you know, we've gotten like features, like we were in business insider the other day, which is like crazy to me. Like business insider like, that's, okay. like, crazy. But oh Sam. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like like yeah, we have to I have to plug in some of those like achievements. But you have I'm saying this to say I'm saying this to say like it all started with like this little girl, this little Latina like idea, which eventually became a reality. And it was just me. And then I built my team. And then we had people from all over the world. And then it's like one of those things where it's like, I didn't think I could do it, especially starting as a women CEO, as a Latina CEO, like, like where am I going to find the spaces that you were talking about earlier to give me and my company the chance to speak? Where am I going to find those companies that will believe in me enough to have me going to those conferences? And so I had to believe in myself first and start telling my story so that this company to see, hey, this girl's up to something. Let's get her here. And we don't know what she's up to, but let's get her here. And I started building upon that momentum. So this is the word I wanted to finish with, momentum. We built the momentum when we either set a business, a podcast, a newsletter, and then we just let it die out. My thing is, momentum is something that you just hold on to and you just keep it going. Every single day, you just don't let it go. And so that's what I've been having with my business. Like, I don't lose that momentum. We just keep going. Ever since we started 2019, up until now, momentum keeps happening every month, every day, something new, something else, right? And we just keep telling people about it so people know that he was still here and the momentum is still happening. So that's how the whole thing just came like put together. It's like the, 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 on one side, it was the personal growth, right? Feeding my mindset, feeding my brain every day. And on the other side, it was keeping that momentum going.
1: Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Can you talk a little bit about what you offer with your business and how people can connect to it?
0: Yes. So, We do a lot of different things. So on one side, um, we do career coaching for people who want to learn a job. So, you know, if you're looking to get your resume review, you have an upcoming interview you're really interested about and you want real feedback, you know, we do that for you. We help you with your cover letter. We help you build portfolios, which not every company out there does. So if you know what a portfolio is, it's basically just putting together all the personal projects you worked on to really show recruiters that this is what you have. And so we help you put that together. And then on the other side, and of course, help you get an offer. And then on the other side, you know, we help companies talent. So talent development is sort of the thing. So we're helping. So, you know, we help companies by doing professional development workshops to their employees, helping them, you know, improve their talent development in the first few years. That they're in the company, how they can grow, how they can get promoted, you know, how do how they can build their business foundation, their business writing, and all of those things, and and how do we can bring that identity to work, which is some is such an important topic, right? And then lastly, we do a lot of brand deals. So you know, if there's a company that wants to like get their word out there and it aligns with our brand, then we are the platform for them to get their message across. And so people can like literally find me, my business, as my name, Stephanie Nwancy, everywhere, and my business is literally like right there. So yeah,
1: I love it. And I want to finish up with the brindis. I'm gonna get my cafecito. Permitame, yes, yes. I cheated today because I usually have my cafecito that I make at home, but I had to run to Starbucks after the gym. <laughs> It's
0: okay.
1: <laughs> so I want to do a little brindis. And what I like doing here, Stephanie, is giving you the space to... I think there's power in words, like prophetic words, and manifesting, visualizing, and putting in work to, toward that, right? So I want to ask you, what do you want to cheer to? And what do you want to manifest for our Latino community, our Gen Z Latino community that are up and coming and taking over? What do you want to manifest for nuestra gente?
0: Yes, I want to cheer to the people to the Latino community, to our comunidad, to the people that are going to work every day, living their families, either in our home countries or, or here in and, and you know, not knowing what the future like holds for them, but they still show up every day. And and just a quick thing, like at my job we, we have the cafeteria people. And all of them, I call them mis hermanos y hermanas. Um, majority of them are Mexicans. And we sometimes I, I just find myself sitting down, eating breakfast, talking to them because I need that Spanish conversation with them and just talking with them. And so I'm, I, I want to cheer to them, right? To the people that, you know, help us one way or another and, and the people that are representing our Latino community proudly everywhere. I want to cheer to that. And I want to manifest to our community, to those that are Upcoming, right? Upcoming generation. I want to tell you that I know that we're building something so that you can continue the work that we're doing and continue helping even further the upcoming generation. And to the people that are, you know, older generation, I want to tell you that your kids, your family is in good hands because you have people like us who are here to help them open doors, to help them build, to help them grow. And so cheers to that. Amén.
1: Salud de todos.
0: Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so, so honored that you were here.
1: La verdad. Que placer.
0: Placeres mío. I was super excited for this because I feel like we need to continue, you know, evolving this stories. And I can tell you, like, we could do a series of this because oh, there's sea. so much I already know
1: I was like man we didn't even unpack all of your story all of your immigration story I, I yes, there's so much more there <laughs> I already know so who
0: knows there there might be a commitment part two to come back part, <laughs> part, two. <laughs> part two well let's see if the audience really like this and they ask for it then we might do it oh, all sea, right so to everyone in yeah to everyone in the audience if you really like this this episode let Odalis know so she can bring me back please <laughs>
1: let us know let us know Stephanie la verdad thank you so much for being here Estoy honrada that you wanted to share your story on here and just shout out to all the things that you're doing to elevate nuestra comunidad for real big hugs thank you so much for having me man Stephanie dropping all of the gems I hope y'all love this episode as much as I do thank you all really for tuning in and riding with me and being here in 2023 I don't know if y'all have peeped the new logo but it's out there for all Hello Latino updates follow Hello Latino podcast on Instagram you can also follow me on my personal Instagram at ojasmine14as and of course find me on LinkedIn check out my website for any other questions slash information Jasmine y con mucho amor tu amiga hondureña